Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. Last week, we talked about Rewalk Robotics rebrand, and Sean had mentioned that he talked to the CEO about the future of the new rebranded company, and he got that story up on Mass Device. So, Sean, before we get into the news for the day, you want to Talk a little bit about that story that you wrote on Mastervice. Sure. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to speak with Larry Jasinski, the CEO of formerly Rewalk Robotics, now LifeWord. Uh, The company is developing a range of rehabilitation products, robotic and uh, anti-gravity for, you know, physical rehabilitation, mobility, things like that. And uh, obviously just had a rebrand and sort of not a change in direction, but sort of trying to encompass its mission better. So we spoke about that and we spoke about some upcoming milestones like with CMS and some uh, enhanced coverage from Medicare. So a lot to break down in that article. And, and he was a really interesting interview. So would would be happy to promote that on Mass Device. It's, it's up there now and feel free to go check it out. One of the interesting parts of that interview I thought was how the Alter G acquisition changed things. We talk a lot about acquisitions on this podcast, but we never really hear about how it's doing for the company that acquired it. So this was a really good thorough look at what Alter G brought to Rewalk now LifeWord. So the link to this story will be in the show notes that we will link to at the end of this episode. But Sean, what news do you have for us today? Well, today we'll discuss a big funding round supporting a circulatory support device, more pulse field ablation news with this round coming from Biosense Webster, the start of a new trial evaluating a way to deliver drugs to the brain, some funding news around 3M's healthcare spinoff, and a longtime medtech executive joining Levanova as its CEO after a long search. What's the first news story that we should know? Procerion raised nearly $60 million for its circulatory support device. The last year or so has seen a good deal of good news for the company as it continues to make progress on its device called Aortix. So what will that funding support? So the company said that it plans to use the funds to support its ongoing Drain HF Pivotal Investigational Device Exemption Trial, evaluating that Aortix device. The company actually enrolled the first patient in the trial in November of last year, so it's only been going on a few months, but clearly using the funds to continue progressing that. What is that Aortix device? The company designed Aortix for percutaneous mechanical circulatory support in patients with acute decompensated heart failure who remain congested despite standard medical therapy, cardiorenal syndrome or CRS, but the catheter-deployed pump goes into the descending thoracic aorta, and it was designed to directly unload the heart and improve cardiac performance while increasing perfusion to the kidneys. What did executives have to say about this funding raise? Dr. Eric Fain, the president and CEO, said the Aortix is uniquely suited for treating CRS patients, and this latest round of investment will enable the company to make significant progress toward commercialization of that technology. And now we have some more pulsed field ablation news. Yep. Biosense Webster has positive data on its Veripulse pulse field ablation system. It's obviously, it keeps coming our way. We can't stay out of the pulse field ablation news. So in this case, it's Biosense Webster making waves with its technology. Which devices were assessed in these studies and what do they do exactly? Well, so the Inspire study looked at pulmonary vein isolation using a variable loop catheter with 3D mapping integration. 
in the Admire study used a variable loop circular catheter with 3D mapping integration. So both involved the Veripulse platform, which features the Veripulse catheter, variable loop multi-electrode catheter, the TruePulse generator, and the Cardo 3 3D cardiac mapping system. And like the systems we've discussed before, Veripulse uses pulse field energy to ablate cardiac tissue and treat atrial arrhythmias. So there were two studies here. What data points stuck out to you first in the INSPIRE study? Well, more than three quarters, 75.6% of subjects met the primary endpoint, which was acute pulmonary vein isolation and 12-month freedom from atrial arrhythmia recurrence. So that's obviously very strong data. And that includes AFib, atrial tachycardia, or atrial flutter, so a range of arrhythmias. And additionally, it reported zero adverse events, so safety came through as well. And what about in that second study, in the ADMIRE study, what data points stuck out to you there? Similar in terms of data, a smaller study, uh, a pilot phase of 20 patients, but four out of five patients in this study remained free from atrial arrhythmia recurrence after one year, and the study had no procedure or device-related primary adverse events during that pilot phase. So again, safety was strong as well as effectiveness. What's the next news story that we should know? Carthera enrolled its first patient in its ultrasound drug delivery trial. This is really intriguing technology that could enable a new level of therapeutic delivery to the brain. How does this ultrasound drug delivery system work? So the SonoCloud device emits ultrasound to temporarily increase the permeability of blood vessels in the brain, improving therapeutic molecule delivery. So after implantation in the skull, it activates prior to an injection of a therapeutic agent. There are several minutes of low-intensity ultrasound that actually opens what's called the blood-brain barrier, or BBB. It opens it for six whole hours, which increases the concentration of therapeutic molecules in the brain. What will this trial evaluate? The SonoBird trial will treat recurrent glioblastoma in 560 patients across 40 sites in the U.S. and Europe. These patients have a first recurrence of disease and eligibility for a new tumor resection. So the trial evaluates overall survival in those patients who are undergoing carboplatin chemotherapy. Patients receive treatment with SonoCloud, opening the BBB. Study compares outcomes to those from medical consensus recommended regimens. And it also evaluates the effectiveness of SonoCloud and the carboplatin treatment in delaying or slowing tumor growth. How optimistic are executives about this upcoming trial? Frederick Sotolini, the CEO of Carthera, said the trial demonstrates the company's leadership in the development of therapeutic ultrasound for the treatment of neurologic diseases. So very optimistic. And now we have some news from 3M about their spinoff that we keep talking about. Yeah, we are getting closer and closer to this long-awaited spin. The news as of late is that the company could reportedly raise up to $12 billion from the spinoff of its healthcare business, which will be called Solventum, and that is according to the Star Tribune of Minneapolis. And what would that money raise be for exactly? Well, the prevailing notion is that 3M could use the money as it pays off billions of dollars to settle some lawsuits. The company is currently embroiled in thousands of veteran lawsuits over faulty earplugs, and it could pay billions more over lawsuits related to forever chemical PFAs. So, like I said, we've talked about the spinoff frequently on this podcast. What is the status of the 3M Solventum spinoff? Yeah, it's interesting. It feels like we've been talking about it so much that it should have already arrived, but it's always been touted for some time in 2024. So, it's the company says it remains on track to take place during the first half of this year. So, 
within the next few months, you'd imagine, unless something comes up. And what's our final news story that we have? Levanova picked a longtime Johnson & Johnson executive as its new CEO. The company's been operating under an interim CEO for 10 months, so I'm sure they'll be pleased to finally have a permanent solution in the corner office. Who is joining the company, and what is some of their career history that supports this appointment? So the new CEO and board member at Levanova is Vladimir Makitsaria. His appointment goes into effect on March 1st, and he most recently served as the company group chair at Johnson Johnson MedTech, taking up that position in October 2018 to lead the company's global Ethicon surgery business. He actually spent more than 27 years at Johnson & Johnson, including stints as group chair for medical devices in the Asia-Pacific region and as the Johnson & Johnson chair for China. And as you said, the company had an interim CEO for quite a bit of time. What are board members saying about this appointment? Well, board member and that interim CEO, Bill Cozy, said that Makatsaria is a proven leader, said the board and himself all have great confidence that he's the right CEO to advance the company's strategic plan and achieve goals for long-term growth. What optimism is he bringing to Levanova? Makatsaria said he looks forward to working with the global team at Levanova to deliver meaningful medical technologies to the patients they serve and to achieve the company's full potential. And that was the final news story that we had for today. So thank you, Sean, for bringing us all the news. My pleasure. As always, read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H. Where can they find you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us tomorrow for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.